Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Danger Room Special Edition. <laughs> My name's Adam. My name's Jeremy. Uh, Futzers. You Futzers? And, uh, yeah, yeah, Futzers. And we're here to discuss Wolverine. The what? Marvel Comics Limited Series, which, um, as you may know, had a cover date of September 1982 and was on sale June, June 1st of 1982, retailing at 60 cents. This one's titled, I'm Wolverine. You Futzers. Bub. Something in the air. Something familiar. It smells like a song. I'm hunting in the woods again with claws of adamantium. These f***ing things can chop through anything. I'll chop apart that redwood tree and slice the wings off of a bee. I'm not a circus freak. I'm Wolverine. Cut, 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 cut. Uh, I haven't read it before, and I've mentioned that before that I haven't read it. So this is the first time around for me. Well, now you've read it. Uh, Well, yes. But before this, I hadn't actually read it. Uh, the, yeah, so that's all I got to say about this so far. It's got a classic cover of Wolverine with his claws popped, and he's he's saying, come here. He's not saying it so much as conveying that with his eyes, Adam. And his, his finger. And his finger, sure. His finger even more is, is more so is conveying it than his eyes. I like uh, all four of these covers in that Wolverine's not wearing his cowl. I mean, he's got his... Uh, Sudan and a couple of them, but in none of them is he wearing his trademark cowl. I wonder if that you don't was a, like the cowl. No, the cowl is fine. I just wonder if that was maybe a conscious decision to uh, take him out of his slightly take him out of being superhero status and make Honestly, him. Honestly, he he barely wears the cowl through this whole series. Oh yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. So I just wonder if that was a conscious decision. I have to imagine that it was, but eh, just just something I noticed. I feel like there were a lot of conscious decisions in this in this miniseries. This is uh this was a very well crafted miniseries, I feel. I feel like a lot of thought went into this. I will agree with that. And uh and I don't know, we can talk more about it when we when we get through. Adam, when was the first time you actually read this Wolverine miniseries? Oh man, I don't know. I have no idea. Uh I'd have to say probably 20 25 years ago. Okay, so uh, what about what age is that? Like 10, 12? Uh, let's see. No, probably yeah, somewhere somewhere be- probably in the teens. Okay. Um, somewhere between 13 and 16. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's fine. Um, and it it not to put you on the spot, but I mean, do you have any kind of recollections of your initial impressions of it when you read it when you were a youngster? Well, I feel like I was reading a lot of Frank Miller stuff at the time because I, I think I read Batman Year One and uh, The Dark Knight Returns and this all kind of in the same period and just being like, oh, Frank Miller, Frank Miller this, Frank Miller that. And uh, just kind of understanding that, oh, these are really cool comics. They're, they're not really understanding why, but something about them was different than any of the comics that I was used to. And I'm also going to guess now, since this was released in 1982, that you picked these up as back issues, right? I mean... Uh, eventually, but no. Um, I was probably reading them in uh, collections. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, that makes sense. All right. 
And your initial, you, you, I mean, you, you said that you liked Frank Miller a lot, uh, and and this was really good stuff. But I mean, well, we- I really liked these three, like these three stories, and they all happened to be by this Frank Miller guy. And I was like, I don't know who he is, but this is all good stuff. Sure. Okay. Good. Fair enough. So um, I'll be honest, I I didn't have a heck of a lot of familiarity with Frank Miller in my younger years. It wasn't until much later that I discovered the works that he did, and. Uh, they are quite good. And this is like, uh, like okay, so where we are in this, we're, uh, Frank Miller has come off of his Daredevil run. He's like a, this is, this is I believe, pre-Batman. Um, he's still at Marvel. And uh, he's a super hot writer, artist, maybe not an artist any longer, of, of, of Daredevil. He started out as an artist and then he quickly became a writer. And then I think he stopped being an artist for Daredevil for a while. I think I picked uh, when I was a kid, like 13, 14 years old, I think I picked out of the 25 cent bin at my comic book shop four Daredevil titles. And I read them and they were not superhero at all. It was all like like physical abuse and drugs and just like really dark material. And I remember not really fully understanding what I was reading, but certainly understanding that it was different. And I got to check, but I believe that those uh, are part of the Frank Miller run. So I may have inadvertently been exposed to Frank Miller, but I certainly didn't put a name with, with the art at that point. It's so, on my to-do list to go and find and read those Daredevils and those Electras, but I've never done it. Yeah, I'm sure there's a collection out there you could find. But like, I can't imagine reading this comic uh, in like if you were just familiar with the X-Men and you're reading this particular comic in 1982 it's this this is like like nowadays this is filled with clichés but at the time these were not clichés and this 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 is just a wholly original story yeah. especially if all if 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 all your familiarity is high with the X-Men or or more common Marvel comics you know this is like these page layouts are very intricate and thought out and this story is very uh, complicated and 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 in a in a good way and it's very mature. I could see being, I guess, going one of two different ways. I mean, if you're used to the whole superhero good guy versus bad guy thing, and you really like Wolverine from the X Men comics, and you're like, oh my god, there's a Wolverine miniseries, and you buy this, I could see there being one side of the house that's like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> this isn't very superhero-y. Where's the bad guy? Uh, whereas other people go in like, oh, okay, I see what they're doing here. I, and I don't know, we'll talk about it as we go through this miniseries. I don't know where I fit, to be quite honest. Um, also, we should point out that ninjas are really hot right now. Oh, sure, definitely. G.I. Joe with snake eyes, that stuff is happening. Uh, the Daredevil run had a ton of ninjas. Nin- ninjas are hot. Dude, ninjas are always hot. That's true, but I think this is like part of the birth of ninjas being hot is right here. Oh yeah, I, I totally, I totally agree with that. So that's enough uh, exposition here. Let's just, let's just jump right into this thing, right? Yeah, we don't ever do exposition. What show is this? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to set up a framework because uh, this is a very different story than than what we've done so far. Even though it it features an X Man, um, and again, I don't know quite how I feel about it. So we'll just have to go through it as. Uh, and talk about it as as it progresses. Cool. So, uh, he is Wolverine, as a matter of fact. This thing is written by Chris Claremont. Uh, Frank Miller is the penciler. 
Joseph Rubenstein is the finisher. Tom Orzakowski is the letterer. Glennis Ween is the colors. Luis Jones is the editor. And Jim, I'm sorry, Heem Schuter is the supervisor. We got a promotion. Yeah. <laughs> and right off the bat, I mean, with this full-page spread uh, or full-page splash of Logan, you can tell that it's different. I mean, there are hash marks all over his face. He's got, like, wrinkles around his eyes. Uh, the sneer in his lips is ever-present. I mean, this is a really well-done uh, first splash page and, and probably the most articulate we've seen Wolverine drawn, I think. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree. Uh, and I like it. It's good. So immediately, I, yeah, like, I would have to say you're right. Uh, coming into this, you've never seen anything like this from just reading your X-Men comics. Right. And so uh, Logan's, he's, he's out there. He's, he's hunting. We get we get the uh, the classic. I'm the best there is. What I do, but what I do best isn't very nice, which we've already heard in X Men. But I believe this is where it first happened. Is this the first? So they've tried saying this before in X Men. Is this a, a new iteration of the same phrase? It is. However, it's still not there. Right. They're still working. There's still too many words. But yeah. I think they've dropped a couple of words since we last heard this <laughs> phrase. <laughs> They'll get there. They'll get there. Uh, so he's not quite hunting. He's here on business. But part of this business uh, is a hunt uh, for something. And, uh, yeah, I mean, wh what do you say about this? It's a lot of, like, this is my home, the Canadian Rockies. It's all first person, talking about himself, narrating basically everything that's occurring, which uh, – it gets uh, a little old, <laughs> in my opinion. It definitely does. It gets really cheesy towards around the third issue. But, I mean, as a kid, this is like, oh, wow, this is really good stuff. And even the cheesy stuff is like, it's classic Claremont, but it's also like, it's it's it works. For some reason, it works. Well, the other thing is... For me, it works. And we'll, I guess we'll talk about this a little bit more. But um, I can totally see it being a, being a kid and reading this. Uh, and then going outside and, like, running around being like, I'm the best there is at what I do. And just narrating your own little imaginary adventures. I mean, this would yeah. definitely plant the seeds for that. Yeah, this is very, like, uh, uh, this is very cinema, cine, cinematic. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Wolverine's tracking something. And he tracks it to a cave. Uh, and it turns out it's a bear. There's a lot of words, though, that go into describing what's happening here about the hunt and the challenge and, and all that stuff. One thing I noticed that I had never noticed before is that the panel layout, this one big square on the left and three small squares on the right, is repeated through this entire series. It's, uh, it's, it's on the next page, on the bear page. Um, it's all over the place. Yeah, I, I mean... I guess, I don't know if there's, yeah, you're right. There is a lot of that. Three panels and then one big rectangular panel. Yeah, these these layouts are very well thought of. I mean, there's a lot of repetition in here and a lot of uh, variation on the repetition. Another one we'll come across is the, uh, the, the I think it's like five or, or five panels per page, uh, ten panels, ultimately fight scenes. They're just these kind of long uh, fight scenes with without words, but they're it's generally like ten long panels. Yeah, they're like we'll get to, we'll get to that when we get to it. Yeah, they're like cinematic widescreen panels. Um, yeah, the panel layouts in this book are top notch. They're excellent. So it's a bear that he's been tracking. Um, we he talks about 
how he's got some claws and they're forged with adamantium and they're unbreakable and he's got uh, mutant abilities. He's an X-Man. And basically we'll be reminded this of every uh, in every single issue. <laughs> we're pretty much the same way we're reminded of this in every issue of X-Men. Yeah, but here it's more so. Like every issue starts with, I'm Wolverine. I got claws. I'm a mutant. I heal real fast. I got adamantium bones. By birth, I'm a mutant. By profession, for a time, I was a secret agent. Now, by choice, I'm a superhero. One of the uncanny X-Men, as we call ourselves. And he cuts the bear's arm off. So it's it's interesting. Like, why is Wolverine hunting a bear? Hmm. That doesn't seem very Wolverine-like. Yeah. We've already kind of we've already kind of established that he likes wildlife and animals and such. And he remember that time that he snuck up on the deer just to see if he could do it? Yeah, and he didn't want to kill it, he just wanted to see if he could do it. Right. And he wants this fight over quickly. Uh so you know, that's weird. And uh he does finish it off in another excellent uh panel layout here. He jumps up on the bear and he stabs it in the head. (laughs) Off panel, but I wish there was another way, but there isn't. There's an arrow in his back, an illegal barbed point coated with poison. But the doshas didn't kill. Instead, it drove the bear insane. The hunter could have kept after him, finished him off. But the creep couldn't be bothered. He'd figure a gunk do the job for him. He was wrong. Seven women, three, uh, seven men, three women, five kids paid the price. For his so Wolverine is, uh, Wolverine's killing the bear. To stop the bear's madness. And now he's going after the man. Isn't this how The Wolverine opened? It is. Okay. Uh, yeah, they, they took this scene straight out of this book okay. and then uh, deviated. Yes, <laughs> a little bit. Very much so, which honestly, re- rereading this, they really should not have deviated. They should have just used this as their template. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, we can talk about it as we go through it, but there's enough characters that you could have brought back for your third uh, uh, act or your third movie to make a nice trilogy and it would have been easily bookended without a whole bunch of like uh baggage from other comics and such but uh yeah, i mean anyways. we hadn't met we hadn't met mariko in the comic in the movies yet that doesn't so, matter so they would have had to add a scene where they meet yeah but i mean who cares otherwise they should have just stuck the plot <laughs> yeah so anyways he tracks the hunter that shot the bear down to a bar and uh he's like hey man we gotta talk and you me and the mounties the guy punches Wolverine or Logan. I'm going to call him Logan when he's not in costume. Okay. But he punches Logan in the face with a beer mug so hard that the beer mug's uh, handle snaps off. <laughs> uh, you can call him James. No, no, I can't. <laughs> I don't know who this James person is. All right, fair enough. Um, Bub, I was we, hoping... We should, also, we should also point out that this is a Wolverine that... Uh, it doesn't have the amazing healing factor that he he has now. Right, this guy can still die. I, I was uh, this kind of disappointed me. I was talking to. Are you familiar with Reddit, the web page that they? Bunch yeah. Of, yeah. Okay. Anyway, so there was a Reddit uh, uh, thread about uh, um, people asking like, what could kill Wolverine, or uh, with Wolverine's healing ability, uh, if you cut him in half, would he be able to heal from that? And and I was being challenged, right, because it was just a discussion about, like, how nerdy are the people on Reddit and who knows more about what. And I said, well, you couldn't cut Wolverine in half because his bones are laced with adamantium. Duh. 
<laughs> and he says, no, the generally accepted answer, and I disagree with this, was that as you cut Wolverine in half, his skin would heal, would be healing up uh, pretty quickly behind that sword so that by the time you got all the way through him, he would be mostly healed back together. And I was like, no, that's wrong. <laughs> Maybe today's Wolverine or whatever, but not, not my Wolverine. My Wolverine needed some recuperation time. Yeah, today's Wolverine, yes. He survives anything. Anyways. There there was uh there was an issue of Ultimate Hulk versus Ultimate Wolverine uh-huh. where Hulk does actually rip Wolverine in half. <laughs> and he heals it, back from it. Yeah, he, you know. He he slowly pieces himself back together. <laughs> you know what would actually have been a more interesting version of that is if uh Wolverine would have been ripped in half and then like the pieces left like you know, like a mile apart, but each half grows another half. So then there's two Wolverines. <laughs> That'd have been a cool, cool thing. I actually forget what happens. Um, obviously, he survives, but it's ultimate, so it doesn't matter. Right. So he was hoping that he would get attacked so that he could um, so he could fight him, and he does. We don't get to see it, but it doesn't really matter. We know that if he can take out a bear, he can take out a man. The bear lasted longer, but I let the man live. So... We move the story on. Uh, we get introduced to a nice black and white rendering of Mariko Yashida. Yeah, well, this is more detail we've ever seen of Mariko. Yep, she and looks real. She, she looks. Does. She looks dang real. We get a little ex. Well, a little description of her family. She she can trace her lineage back two thousand years. Um, we get the line, "I know my father." That's as far as it goes. What is which? He, what does he say that? Uh, it's right beneath the panel. Uh, daughter of one of the noblest, richest, most powerful families in Japan. She can trace her lineage back almost 2,000 years. Me, I know my father. That's as far as it goes. So, Adam, you're a bigger Wolverine uh, expert than I. Um, <laughs> so this obviously gets retconned. Um, uh, Wolverine, this can be explained in many ways. Uh, eventually, they start introducing false memories into Wolverine's uh, history. Okay. I don't know. I don't I think that's in the 90s. So this could be explained as that. Eventually we learn, obviously, Wolverine's father is from way, way back. You know, that would actually, um, okay. So I can, I can buy the whole false memories things because we keep getting little tidbits of Wolverine's past planted uh, by Chris Claremont. And I, I'm guessing that by the time the 90s roll around, whoever was writing was like, eh, I don't want to deal with all those. They're all false. <laughs> well, it, well, here's the thing. I think at the time, Chris Claremont is writing Wolverine, creating him. I don't think Wolverine has a missing past at this point. I don't think he has any memory gaps. Right. No, I don't think he does either. Uh, and uh, so I think the father that he's actually referring to is Sabretooth. Well, I believe I read somewhere that Sabretooth was supposed to be Wolverine's father. Well, Sabretooth in the 90s introduces himself as Wolverine's father in a comic, but I think that was a misleading... Right, and that that was well after the whole Chris Claremont thing. But I, I seem to recall Chris Claremont had intended for Sabretooth to be his so, father. So do you think here, when he says, me, I know my father, he's actually referring to Sabretooth? Or he's not quite got the whole idea, but he's like, eh, I'll work that in somewhere. I think he's referring to Sabretooth. Okay. I, I'm, and I'm not 100% on that. I could be totally off base. Who, but, who created Sabretooth? I mean, I, he well, first... Chris, Chris Claremont did. From the Power Man and... and yeah. Yeah, okay. And that, that was written by Claremont. Uh, okay. Chris Claremont. Right. I okay. forget who the artist was, but, but he is also one of the creators of Sabretooth. It's probably John Byrne. Who knows? Probably. 
Well, anyways, uh, so he has not been able to get a hold of Mariko. Uh, he's called. Um, he's been getting his letters returned. Anytime yeah. he's called her home, they've hung up on him, and that's that's a bad move. Wolverine is not happy, or Logan, I'm sorry, is not happy about that. Japan Airlines Flight 007 leaves Kennedy Airport the next morning for Anchorage, Alaska, and Tokyo. I'm on it. I bump into Scott and Lee Forrester. It's weird. <laughs> and James Bond. Why do you think they use Flight 007? <laughs> uh, it could be a 007 reference. I feel like, you know, Chris Claremont's always sprinkling in references. Seems stupid. Star Wars references, Star Trek references, <laughs> James Bond references. All right. Seems a little on the nose, but whatever. And, you know, Wolverine's a super spy. <laughs> As we find out here, kind of, that so he, Wolverine flies to Tokyo. He meets his buddy Asano Kimura. Uh, they were top men when they were doing missions. I was actually reading the, um, oh, and I don't remember the reference, but uh, this, this, uh, a lot of this series is in Wolverine's history, especially starting with this series, is based on another comic book. I, I, I feel like it's a, it's a. Uh, it also takes place in Japan, and it's got a similar kind of uh, samurai vibe to it. Um, but I can't remember what it is. Um, therefore, this use- information is useless. But uh, I believe he also had a police chief friend named Asano, which is what I was reading today. Huh. If only I could remember who that was. Yeah, it, this would be a much better anecdote if you could remember that, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I didn't recognize the name anyway, so it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't do anything other than to allow our fans to look whatever that name is up. Hmm. Well, uh, Wolverine, or I'm sorry, I keep doing that. Logan is calling uh, Mariko's place, I think, and uh, they're not. Yeah, he's like, will you give her a message? And and he's being hung up on. And so he's kind of whining to Asano. I'm being a stonewalled Asano. <laughs> and this is where I guess we get kind of our first character <laughs> development of Logan. Of course, Logan, you are more truly Japanese than any Westerner I have ever known. So, wow. We didn't know that before. Well, that's 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 a really interesting uh, that's a really interesting theme of this comic book actually this this mini series is we 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 learn we learn a lot about japanese tradition and we learn how wolverine kind of fits into that tradition yeah just it's very cool but he goes on to say i doubt even you can really understand mariko's actions you must remember that she is an heir uh to tradition and duty and loyalty and they're as old as these islands so she's probably not into you so much anymore well it's not that she's not into you so much it's that she just has She's Japanese, she's traditional, and she 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 probably has a reason for what she's doing. And Wolverine calls it out, like, oh no, she's into me. There's something <laughs> else going on. And that's when Asano drops the, the hammer. That she's married? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Apparently her father disappeared some years ago, uh, and he was rescued, and so as a part of that rescue... He promised Mariko to his rescuer. Which, as part of uh, Japanese tradition, she agreed to do it out of obligation, duty, and honor. And actually, I'm going to take back, I'm going to recant my uh, rescue. We don't actually know what this guy did for Mariko's father. We just know that he owes him, Mariko's father owes him a great debt of obligation. Right. So, And that was Mariko's hand in marriage. So, Logan is 
He's pissed. I'm just going to say it. He's pissed. Yeah, he smashes a, a lamp, I guess. Is, is that what it is? He's so mad, he punches a lamp, and then he puts on his Wolverine costume. <laughs> He's got to go see her. He doesn't He doesn't care about this stuff. He, he understands that she's doing what she's got to do, but he's got to see her one last time. Some futzers are going to pay tonight, he says. You no longer have official status or special privileges as agent or X-Man. Should you step outside the law, I cannot help you. Indeed, I may be forced to hunt you down. Oh. Ooh. So the moment he puts on the costume, he loses his special privileges as Logan, and now he's Wolverine. All right. Hooray. Finally. So he heads over to uh, the the place, the port city of uh, Agrashima in Miyago. I don't know what any of this stuff is. 300 clicks up the road from Tokyo. I don't know what a click is either, but... <laughs> Bunch of words I don't understand. Well, here's a word I understand. He's there by midnight. That one I know. <laughs> he sees a bunch of dogs and he goes up and uses his little known ability to communicate on levels far more comprehensive and subtle than speech. And we get kind of a an interesting rendering of him communicating with these dogs. Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, that's another part of this series is that it's all about the bestial side of Wolverine, which we know a little bit about. Right. Uh, but I, I think, think I like this. I like this. How the, the dogs are new. They don't know my scent. So he's been here before. Ah, yes. Uh, and so the dogs aren't happy. Well, let's see. They're mean, but they aren't stupid. They let me pass. I'm glad I got no stomach for gutting animals. People, though, that's another matter. <laughs> so he sneaks in and he sees Mariko uh, kind of kneeling at a temple or a statue of Buddha. And she's like, what are you doing here? says, you owe me an explanation, and she says, I am married. What was once bef- between us is no more. Interesting that he's speaking in Japanese now, but when he speaks to Asano, he speaks English. He doesn't respect Asano. <laughs> I didn't notice that before. Uh, interestingly enough, there's no asterisk here telling us that it's in Japanese. There's just the little uh, triangle thingers. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, we just know that they're speaking in Japanese. Well, he's in Japan, so. Yeah, makes sense. So he's like, uh, come on, baby. <laughs> Look at me. Damn it. Who he swears. Give me, uh, you give me the courage, at least have the courage to face me. And when she turns around to face him, she's got a bruise on her chin and a black eye. Oh, looks like her new husband's kind of been beating her a little bit. And he, Elfreen says, who did this? And she says, it is none of your concern. A little four-page spread of him kind of going into a little bit of a rage, it looks like. But as soon as Mariko touches him, the rage subsides. At least that's Did what you just I... call that a four-page spread? Because that would be awesome. Well, whoops. Four-panel <laughs> block. Not even a spread. Yeah, we get a close-up of his eye, a close-up of his teeth, and then a shot of his hand, and then a shot of her putting her hand on his hand. And he tries to convince her to get a divorce, but she says, no, I don't want a divorce. I'm bound by important obligations that you can't understand. But I love you. It's tradition and honor. My commitment to you was made when I was free. My father's return changed that. Whoa. So Mariko takes him over to the swords, the Mazumune? Mazumune? I don't know. Um, I feel like Mazumune is an important name in Wolverine history, but... I don't know that. Uh, it, it's used repeatedly in just about anything that re, uh, uh, is refers to 
Japanese ninjas and swords. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's not a it's not a creation for this comic book. Well, he is. Uh, is it like a Marvel comic thing though, or is it a is it an actual historical thing? I don't know, but I know that I've seen it outside of the context of the Marvel universe. Because I could swear at some point in like the future, maybe the two thousands, maybe that Wolverine's origin series. Uh, not not the six part one, but the follow up one that was like sixty issues or something. Um, I believe he actually hangs out with Masamune and they like forge swords together or something. Oh, it very well could be, but I'm just saying that I I believe that this is a a, a, a universally used and known term for a sword for a sharp sword. Eventually, spoilers. There is a sword that if you use it to uh, behead. Wolverine would actually kill him. Mm. Like he wouldn't be able to heal from that. And I think he uses it to kill Sabretooth, but mm. of course he comes back. <laughs> so uh, we get an introduction to it. It's the uh, crafted by the Supreme Swordsmith Maz Maz. Uh, maybe that's his name, Mazamune. Uh, and yeah, yeah, are as keen as strong as deadly as, as they were forged then over eight hundred years ago. Uh, blah blah blah. They, uh, I don't know. Their family is represented by these swords, right? Yes. Well. Uh, yeah. Th- these are very important swords. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then it has to do with tradition and honor and a commitment was made. And, uh, yeah. So Wolverine asks if she's his property, uh, cause you shouldn't be, you're a human being. If my father gave, if my father in honor gave his solemn word, then I, his daughter, am honor bound not to forswear him. If you cannot comprehend and accept that Logan, you do not truly know me at all. Or Nippon. So so get out. Get out. So here, here's some footsteps, footsteps rather, and a scent uh, that he'd, he, uh, he'd never smelt before, yet one he recognizes instantly. It clings to Mariko, tainting the jasmine I love. A man. So his stink is all over his woman. Yeah, well, it's, it's not his woman anymore. Uh, I'm going to point out this is the first time so Wolverine pops his claws. There's no snicked here, uh, but but that's not really all that noteworthy. What is noteworthy is um, I don't know if this is the first time, but it seems to me that this is one of the first times anyways that Wolverine's claws are kind of drawn in a knife-like fashion rather than just kind of curvy, pointy things. Oh, I don't know. And for the most part in this book, uh, there's a couple panels that, that don't do this quite well, but... He his claws will almost always be drawn knife like rather than curvy pointy things, and I think that's a nice touch. He uh, he does pop his claws on page four, and that does have a snicked. Oh, does it? Okay. Are they also the knifey thing? I'm gonna have to. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking. Uh oh yeah. When he uh, yeah, they're totally knifey looking. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that's what you mean by knifey looking. I get it. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So. He pops his claws, and the guy's like, what are you doing with my woman? Get out of here. <laughs> Bub, you just signed your death warrant. He picks this man up, uh, and he's about ready to gut him, but Mariko's like, no, can't kill him. But but, but I really want to. He says, uh, he deserves it. He beats you, Mariko. If I don't stop him, he'll keep on doing it. And she says, that is his right. Please, Logan. It's pretty heavy. Uh, so he, I guess, I guess he just, he just leaves. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, he he says, what's I he... shouldn't have listened, but Mariko knows I can deny her nothing. Not even the life of a man I hate. I'm going to get on a plane, but then he gets, he 
jetzt thunked by Ninja Stars. Yeah, Snake Eyes is finally in the issue. No, he's not. And apparently uh, he passes out uh, because the next page he wakens up and we find out that the, not the Ninja Stars, Adam, but the Shurikens were poisoned, designed to kill him. I noticed this throughout the thing. The I-I-E, it translates to no. And they translate it here. Um, Logan, I know, uh, but uh, I don't believe, I believe they continue to use it throughout the series and they uh, did stop translating it. Huh. I got to be honest, I don't even think I noticed that. I didn't either because I just thought it was like, I, but then I realized uh, other people started using it and I was like, wait, Wolverine wouldn't say, I. <laughs> so this is, uh, uh, this is what it sounds like. Yeah. 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 No. So there you go. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he he wakes up from the poison shurikens, and we get a description from him uh, that uh, he they were designed to make him die, but uh, that's what marks him as a mutant is his ability to heal virtually any wound, counteract any disease. It's a nifty talent, especially in my line of work. It saved me more than once. So he wakes up. He's a little groggy. Stuff was potent. And uh, he's in front of Lord Shinjin, who is the uh, Lord of Clan Yashida and Mariko's father. And Mariko is there, and there's a big sumo wrestler guy, and oh, two sumo wrestler guys, and also uh, Mariko's husband. Does Mariko's husband have a name yet? Uh, I guess not. I don't remember. It'll it'll show up at some point. He'll get one at some point. They. Uh, Lord Shingen, Shingen, Shingen starts speaking to uh, Logan in English. Your Japanese is as flawless as my English, Wolverine. Yes, I also know who and what you are, but your tone is rude. Your manner disrespectful. Yup. <laughs> so eventually, Shingen uh, challenges um, Wolverine to, uh, what is this called? Um, not a fight, but kind of a duel with uh, Pokan, wooden practice swords. Yeah, which is a uh, it's being disrespectful to to Logan because he's he's basically saying you're not worthy of a real sword. Right, and this isn't meant to be an all out fight. It was I think isn't it supposed to be like like an ex, uh, exposition? Not not an exposition, a um, exhibition. Well, it's it's he's saying I I will challenge you uh, to a duel. Uh, because you're you're in love with my daughter and I don't like it. Yeah. To be frank, you are not worthy of a true sword. So Wolverine's kind of like, well, it's been years since I've been with a sword, but I'm I'm pretty good. Shingen's an expert, uh, but he also cheats. He has no honor apparently. So he gets kicked in the gut, and I guess you're not supposed to do that in a sword fight. And he uh, he apparently is so so good a swordsman that he is he is hitting Wolverine with death blows. Um, blows that would normally kill uh, a normal uh, would kill a normal man, um, but from from Mariko's point of view or from the spectator's point of view, it just looks like he's hitting him with wooden swords. But what is happening is that uh, Wolverine uh, Logan is is getting driven to a berserker rage because of this, right? And eventually he pops his claws. So Shinjin is basically playing Wolverine. For a fool, so that he he will show maybe his true side to Mariko, and Mariko will no longer be interested in this uh, berserker animal-like 
dude. Right. Which is one of the major themes of this comic book, as we'll learn, is, is the whole... I don't know. How much in the series have we discussed the berserker versus uh, man sort of theme? Not a whole lot. I mean, he's mentioned it, but I don't know that we've seen, like, the true Wolverine berserker rage yet. Well, this is the birth of Beast versus Man Wolverine, which yes. is, is is about to be, like... A huge part of Wolverine. So Wolverine pops his claws and then he and drops the wooden sword and he goes uh, on the attack for Shinjin. Uh, but Shinjin, he's a little bit better at this right now. And Wolverine does still have a little bit of poison in him. So uh, he just keeps whacking at Wolverine with the wooden sword. I turn our fight into the real thing. I couldn't dishonor myself more in Mariko's eyes if I tried. Yep, and Wolverine uh, is able to get a little bit of blood drawn from Shinjin, but Shinjin he he just he just pounds and pounds and pounds with this wooden sword so much so that Wolverine eventually blacks out. Right, which I don't think is something that would happen with today's Wolverine. No, it definitely wouldn't. Um, oh, and here's that that layout that I was talking about the ten the ten panels. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think there's one of these, at least one of these in each issue. I think I think you're right. Um, Behold, daughter, I hear Shinjin say, though I see only Mariko as I struggle to hold off Oblivion, the man you profess to love, except that he is no man at all, but an animal cast in the resemblance of human form. Gaze upon him. Mariko, witness his true nature, his true self. Here is, uh, here is the thing to which you have given your heart. Answer me truthfully. Is he worthy of such a prize? No. <gasps> what the what? <laughs> so he wakes up uh, in a really cool panel here, kind of uh, underneath street lights and neon lights and some back alley uh, in Tokyo off the Ginza. And uh, he's not, he's kind of sad. Yeah. Compared to this, death is a mercy. He is, he has been dishonored. He is, uh, he's been set up eventually, essentially, and. Mariko now thinks he is a lowly dog. And he's he's heartbroken, uh, soul cut out of him. He's just kind of laying on the ground when some some uh, Japanese punks come up and they're like, hey, little guy, Gaijin had a bit much to drink, so they want trouble, and Logan's kind of laying on the ground. He doesn't have his costume on anymore. He's like, I, I don't want any trouble. Which is not the Wolverine we know for sure. I believe uh, Gaijin is like slang for foreigner. Well, I, I thought G-A-I-J-A-N was foreigner. But this is spelled G-A-I-G-I-N. I'm sure, I'm sure it's maybe a different connotation. But yes, I believe you're right. Anyways, uh, these punks are getting ready to beat the crap out of Logan. Uh, they raise their weapons up into the air and their hands go all slack, and they drop their weapons, um, which is weird. They die instantly without a sound. Must they have all got been, knives in their backs. It's a professional. Must have been Asano coming to Wolverine or to Logan's rescue, <laughs> but it's not. It's it's another woman who says, "Upsy daisy lover." <laughs> a woman strong. That's good, because if she lets go, I'll drop in a heap. My body's a lump of clay. Nothing works. I'm helpless. She knows it. That turns her on. You're mine, Wolverine, now and forever. I am Phoenix. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> uh, to be continued. And there's that lay uh, panel layout again with the panel on the left and the four panels down the side. 
That's cool. I, I like I I think prior to this comic book, I never really like I haven't really noticed like in reading all of these uncanny X-Men, I have never noticed a panel layout that was intentionally designed. Uh, there was an issue in the old series that I commented on quite heavily. Uh, it was a probably dumb... A, probably a Neil Adams one? No, it was pre-Neil Adams. Uh, I, I can't remember his name, but it was one of the very first one, one of the very first X-Men comics where, like, I think Jean was drawn outside of the panel in, like, a full rectangle. Like, she was using, like, a full quarter... I should say a third of the page. And then there was some panels on there. Like the first seven pages of that particular issue. I want to say maybe they went to the Savage Land eventually, but I don't quite remember. Uh, that seemed to be like a layout with purpose, but then it all fell apart. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think I remember what you're talking about. But and, this, I, and, I, and I agree with you. But I like this is like an entire issue and then an entire miniseries um, that is clearly done with intent. Which oh, yeah. Which is, is for me... Uh, reading this, uh, noticing this for the first time. I've read this like a billion times. I never noticed that before. It's just, it's just really neat to me. On to Wolverine number two. Cover date of October 1982 on sale June 29th of 1982. 60 cents. Yo. This one's titled Debts and Obligations. And this cover is a stark two-tone blue background with a uh, Wolverine jumping out at us, though he doesn't have his cowl on. I'm coming for you, futzes. It's great. It's a great cover. Uh, the claws are, are a little strange to me because on his right hand, he's got two knife claws, but all the other claws look like round pointy things. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I see what you're talking about. It seems like, uh, maybe not for this cover, but whenever I'm referring to his claws, like, they intentionally wanted to make them, like, little mini swords coming out of his hands rather than the pokey things that we'd seen before. Oh, that's a that's a good analogy. I like that a lot. And that's, yeah. You know, if this Wolverine image has not been put on a t-shirt, it should be. Oh, I'm sure it has. This is a, this is a great cover. I'm sure... Three out of four of these covers probably have. <laughs> I think issue three is kind of a kind of a meh cover, but all the other. Uh, well, it's a, it's a good cover. It's just uh, it's it was not really t-shirt worthy. You're right. I shouldn't met is the wrong word now that I'm relooking at. It. It's a great cover, but it's not action packed like the other three. But uh, that we'll get to that later. Anyways, uh, Wolverine is blacked out again. And oh no! <laughs> Wake up, Wolverine! This guy cannot stay awake for anything. A woman's voice familiar, but I can't quite place it. Ah, we're surrounded by ninjas. <laughs> and one of the things that I noticed immediately is that when Wolverine was at Shinjin's, he was wearing his costume. <coughs> but when yes. but when they dropped him off uh, in the Ginza, he was in his plain clothes, which so that means somebody had to change his clothes, which was which was nice, I guess. That was kind of them. <laughs> and now he's back in I don't know, like an apartment <coughs> or. A, a squatter's flat or something like that. And he's back in his costume. So does that mean that this strange woman that he's with, like found his costume and took all his clothes off and put it on for him? Well, I think this is not directly after the scene. This is like a couple weeks later, I think. Oh, well, that maybe just, maybe just a couple days later. Okay. So he's probably taken the costume off. I mean, you know, 
Okay. I'm pretty sure at this point he he's he's involved with this woman, but we'll find that more out about that later. Okay, so he wakes up. Uh, I guess we don't know why he's passed out then. Um, but there's a bunch of ninjas in there, and uh, well, I, I think uh, to the fact that his healing factor is not quite as powerful as it is today. Um, I think he's still healing over a long period of time. Oh, so you think like if this is a matter of, let's just say it's a week, seven days have passed, like he's been spending these seven days healing himself. Yeah. You know, and, 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 mm-hmm. and probably making some sweet, sweet love. Oh yeah. yeah. And we'll get to that. Um, that makes a lot of sense because I mean, today's Wolverine can like, he can regrow his guts. Literally. I think there was an issue of Spider-Man versus Punisher versus Wolverine where he regrows his guts in like 15 minutes. Um, but there's a run of the Uncanny X-Men somewhere around, I don't know, 208 to 215, where he is, he's just been beaten all the hell. And in all of those issues, he's like, I can't fight anymore. I need some time. I just need to be able to let my healing factor do its thing. So multiple issues pass as he's trying to heal from these wounds that he had taken. Right. Which I like because it, it gives a weakness to the character. Like it's a cool power, but he's not. He's not super, right? He, he has limitations. He's got to take a break. I just feel it. Right. He went back to do a thing. But which is good. And this Wolverine can still die, which is it, – it's it's nice. Yeah. Uh, next page, though, we get this, I think, awesome two-page spread of Wolverine jumping out of the window, a whole bunch of ninjas falling backward, and a whole bunch more ninjas with their weapons ready to shoot arrows or stab him with a sword. I agree with you. This this is a freaking awesome two page spread. Yeah, I could take uh, if somebody would make like a like a poster size of this, I'd frame it and put it on my, on my wall. It's cool. I like I'd it. Like a lot. to get this in like original art form or something. Yeah, and it would probably sell for a couple thousand dollars. <laughs> right. Um, and then the next panel is uh, is pretty good. I don't really like how Yukio is uh, drawn. <laughs> But I do like how it's colored, but it's basically Wolverine jumping out of the window, holding Mariko with just a slew of arrows shooting um, around them. Uh, yeah, it's action-packed. He says, who are these guys? And she says, they're the hand, the professional assassins. And he says, by the way, have we met? <laughs> well, and that's the thing that, that kind of... So I, I guess they haven't been making sweet, sweet love yet. Yeah, this to me, this is why it seems like this is directly after last issue, because she's like, I'm Yukio Logan-san, you owe me your life. Like, I, I just saved you. Well, I don't think... I, I still think it's been a little while and he's been healing. But but I was I think I was initially wrong, but I, th- I still think it's been... I think it's been a couple days. All right, but do you think he's been, like, knocked out for the last couple of days? Like... I think he's been in, in and out. Okay, so this to me is his first conscious meeting of Yukio. Um, it's the first fully conscious. Yeah. Okay, I can go for that. Uh, yeah, debts and obligations is the title. The creative staff is all the same. This is one of those comics where you get like four pages and then you get all the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's that. That's out of the way. So uh, they jump down to some rooftops and they do ninja e stuff. A lot of fighting. Yeah, it's cool. You know. Same panel layout. Uh, with, I, I love this first panel, just like the, the the arrows and they're jumping, and you know, it's it's not the art's not great, but it's it's still a cool panel. I think the art for Wolverine is pretty good. Uh, it's just Yukio is is just drawn ridiculously skinny. Right. 
Like but, uh, uh, it, the concept is great. Yes. The fact that they're at the top of the panel, the arrows are down all the way, and it's a really long panel, so you can see how high they are. I just, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, and then this is where Wolverine goes through and tells us all about his abilities. And oh, his by the way, I'm Wolverine, adamantium <laughs> skeleton, virtually unbreakable, punching me, sucks. <laughs> Healing factor. Uh, Got claws, know how to use them. <laughs> and so uh, Yukio and Logan Wolverine are separated, uh, but they're they're all pretty good at their ninja-y stuff. The ninjas slice into Yukio, but she doesn't even scream. She just kind of, uh, she, she's tough. And she I guess she relies on the fact that Wolverine is going to save her because the, the hand ninja goes in for the kill, but uh, Wolverine, yeah, she, she doesn't do anything. Yeah, well, she must do something because in this one panel, like the shadow outline, the hand guy is going in for the kill. Mm-hmm. But when we next see her, she's kind of like behind an alleyway. And and maybe there's a reason for that that we can talk about later. Well, right, because yeah. Wolverine jumps across the thing and tackles the guy. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And here's where we have another uh panel of one hand. He's in midair. We have the samurai sword knife claws and the other one's are the curved knife claws. <laughs> yes, see, you're noticing them. Just I think weird. it's I think it's just like an angle and they're trying to it doesn't work, but it's interesting. I definitely prefer the knifey claws over the curved ones, but uh anyhow. Yep, so uh Logan knocks a whole bunch of ninjas off the roof and uh Yukio tells us about the hand. They're the finest killers on earth, but really they're they're kind of like uh the Cobra Commander guys. Like, like them, <laughs> like the finest trained Cobra soldiers, but can't hit anything. <laughs> Keep getting beaten up. Or they're like stormtroopers. Yeah, know. yeah. But They're anyways. fodder. Wolverine, he takes them all out. I mean, Yuki was like, oh, he doesn't stand a chance. But then on the right. next page, he's his face is all shrouded in black. His eyes are yellow. And there's just ninjas laying all around him. This is he also says, a cool panel. They were good. I'm the best. <laughs> yep. It is It is a very cool panel. While I, he was an agent for the Canadian intelligence, scraps like this came with the territory. I had forgotten how much I missed him. <laughs> I look around for Yukio. She looks fine. Real fine. Oh, yeah. Wolverine likey. <laughs> I guess I'm not going back to Westchester quite yet. Cops and I don't get along. They can't abide scrappers. And I hate cages. Besides, I got questions for the lady, so I grab her up. And scoot. Ah, I didn't even catch that. I believe that that <laughs> is the only use of the word scoot in uh, the four-part miniseries. And my gosh, I hope it's the last. But, you know, I like scoot. Sadly, he never says, and then the butzers scoot. He doesn't even say bub in this. Uh, are you sure? I don't think so. I thought I saw a bub in issue one, but. Okay, maybe there was a, maybe there was a bub when he was in uh, Canada. Yeah, it, here it is. It's the third page in issue one, fourth page, fifth. Wait, he's in the bar and he says, "Bub, I was hoping you'd do something like that." Right. Okay. Yeah. So he does. He did, it, as soon as he gets to Japan, though, he stops saying "bub." Oh yeah, that's no honorable man would say "bub." Yeah, <laughs> they'd say "scoot." Well, absolutely. But they wouldn't. They wouldn't say "bub" or "futzer." So Wolverine's laying on the couch. Yukio's tending to his wounds? Question mark because she's like. There are no wounds. They've closed. They're just scars. How is this possible? I heal fast. 
That's not an answer. It's truth. Well, it's pretty useful for a, a warrior. Anyways. I like how they don't translate yup. <laughs> don't need to. This top panel is cool because, like, uh, it, it's presumably the windows of the apartment. Yeah, this is a crazy apartment. We didn't really talk about it in the last issue, but this is a top-down. Uh, but when he was talking to Asano, it was a straight-on panel, and you could see kind of Japan all around him. So this is like, this is an apartment that has glass walls on at least three sides of the um, apartment. That's got to yeah, be it's a crazy penthouse that I guess Wolverine's got some cash. I was going to say, it's got to be crazy expensive. So they talk a little bit about, uh, well, actually, this is interesting. She says, um, especially when combined with your unbreakable bones and those magnificent claws, it's the talent for a warrior. Wolverine, could I acquire them? I would give my soul to be like you. <laughs> 50 cents. <laughs> I'm one of a kind, darling. What would you want with them anyway? So I don't know if you're or if you're picking up what I'm laying down, but I'm wondering if Chris Claremont wrote that specific line with a future story in mind. Um, what story are you referring to? Well, Lady Deathstrike, of course. Oh, you think so? Well, he says, Wolverine, could I acquire them? The claws, they're magnificent. I would give my soul to be like you. Um, interesting, interesting theory. I don't know. Ultimately, I mean, spoilers, she, she does... Give her soul to be just like Wolverine. That's not Yukio. Yeah, it is. Yukio's not Lady Deathstrike. She isn't? No. Have we had this conversation before? Maybe. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm, I'm, all right, we need, we need to take a moment where we, uh, we look this up. Uh, Lady, y Yukio Lady Deathstrike. Yukio and Amiko were next targeted by the cyborg Lady Deathstrike and the Russian super soldier Omega Red. Wait, so Lady Deathstrike was not Yukio? I, I didn't think so. Yeah, Lady Deathstrike. Real name, Yukio Oyama. Isn't that her name? Uh, I don't know. She says, I am Yukio Logan-san. Um, daughter of Kenji Oyama, former kamikaze, blah de blah de blah Something about Daredevil, uh, Japanese, Bullseye. Her first appearance as Yukio in Daredevil number 197, 1983. Oh, Yuriko. Oh, that's, Yuriko. Where, I'm, that's where I'm getting confused. Okay. Man, Ooh. all these years I've been like, Yukio's Lady Deathstrike. But it's it's another Japanese woman named Yuriko. Yuriko, okay. Damn it. I did not think they were the same, and I'm... That would have blown my mind. I would have exploded. Well, they should be the same. No, they shouldn't because because uh, Yuriko, Lady Deathstrike, hates Wolverine with a passion. But you would think and that Yukio would too based on the events of what happens in this. Well, but the, the, her story will continue. All right, fine. So I'm I'm wrong. There you go. I can admit when I'm wrong, Adam. Maybe you <laughs> should try doing the same. Um, but I'm But I'm right. <laughs> this time. Okay, anyways, yeah, uh, uh, just forget everything I just said. Uh, anyways, Wolverine's giving her a back massage, kind of convincing her that she probably doesn't want the claws and the other stuff. Well, she he asks her about her enemies, and she says, yeah, the, the leader of the hand is, uh, is a butcher, and he is a horrible person, and I fear him. And Wolverine says, you know, I, as long as I'm around, you're safe. 
but uh, she's she's basically laying the groundwork for the two of them to go after this guy. Yeah, and well, and she whips out a knife, and she's like, "I can defend myself." And Wolverine's like, "Oh my god, she she was gonna stab me, but my reflex has caught it, and uh, that does it for her." She jumps on top of him. She's about ready to get some loving on. My eyes see Yukio's face, but my brain transforms the image into Mariko's. And so he gets up, and she's like, Logan! Later, okay? I need some sack time. (laughs) We'll do it later. You want me? You cannot deny. We are kindred spirits. You and I do not leave. Must I beg? She has pride, yet for me she chucks it, and I walk away. You will not do so again, Logan Chan. Shinjin's daughter is not worthy of you. She will not have you. You are mine. We cut to an interlude. Um, who is this person? <laughs> uh, well, it's... A, a mysterious person wearing a uh, trench coat and hat, a purple, uh, presumably a woman. Yeah. Um, shows up. Oh, I remember who this is. She shows up at the uh, Maguro district where Mariko and Shinjin's uh, business is. Mariko is there as our... Uh, uh, Naburo, that's Mariko's husband. Right. And he, uh, this mysterious person in the trench coat passes through them all. He doesn't, she doesn't have an appointment, but she goes through and uh, goes straight into Shinjin's office. Yeah, she's like, I gotta see Shinjin. And he says, no, you can't, you don't have an appointment. And she grabs him by the tie and whacks him onto the desk and... And he's like, I'm sorry, Shinjin, she's coming, whoever she is. And uh, it turns out that it is Yukio. Yep. Yay. And I like the fact that uh, he's, uh, Shinjin has three Band-Aids on his face. Oh, sure. From the Where he was scratched. Yep. That's good attention to detail, Frank Miller. <laughs> There's a ninja in the background, and uh, Yukio detects it right away, and she springs into action. Although the ninja is able to cut her hat in half, which is kind of cool. I know. What the heck, man? That hat costs money. But she's really good. She takes that ninja out. She takes one of her little knives out, and she's about to take one of his eyeballs out. And, and she says her catchphrase, gotcha! <laughs> and Shinjin goads her into killing him. Why don't you kill him? Were your positions reversed? Your soul would have long since departed to join the goddess Amat. Tersu in heaven. She says, I could kill him, but uh, it's much worse for him to be left alive. And that's when she reveals that she is working for Shinjin, that the hand is Shinjin's ninja force, and that um, she is winning Wolverine's sympathy and aid in order to uh, help them. Right. And the the ninjas that were coming after uh, the two of them were playing for real, which she wasn't expecting. She's she, mad. Knew, she knew that they were going to come after them, but she didn't realize they were actually going to attempt to kill them. But Shinjin's like, hey, man, Wolverine's a pretty smart dude. He'd have figured it out if they were pulling their punches. Firstly, is that even a word, firstly? <laughs> if secondly's a word, firstly must be able to be a word. Couldn't he just say first of all? Yeah. Or first. I think it's just first. First, Wolverine would have been would have known 
And then second, although you are the premier, my premier assassin, your next target is protected by bodyguards of such superlative skill that even the hand has been unable to kill him. I had to be certain you were ready and worthy of this task. Uh, Shinjin's hurting her hand and Shinjin don't care. He has <laughs> arranged a peace conference with Katsuyori. Who's Katsuyori? The guy that they want to kill. Okay. My representatives will be Mariko and Noburo. He believes I will not place my daughter in jeopardy. He will think himself safe. Then and there you will strike. Basically, Shinjin's a crime lord. Katsuyuri is a crime lord. And Shinjin is making a power play. Got it. And he goes on to say, if Mariko comes to the slightest harm, you will die. Once Katsuyori has been dealt with, you will eliminate Wolverine as well. He will have served his purpose. Hi, Lord. Both men are as good as dead. Hi, of course, meaning yes. Hi and hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's, so, yeah, Wolverine and uh, Yukio are going on a mission. They are underwater, which is, again, it's a neat panel. It's weird, but yeah. They're swimming. They're in mid-swim. I think it's weird that they're swimming. The panel is fine. It's just, I don't know. Why wouldn't they be swimming? It's the best way to get under, into the, uh, into the, into the weird mansion. Yeah, but I mean, assuming what, they can hold their breath for what, 90 seconds, two minutes? Just seems like an ineffective way. They don't have scuba gear or any, yeah. Seems ineffective way to get. Anyways, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's it's perfectly fine uh, drawn. So initially, uh, uh, Yukio tells Wolverine that they, she wants to go kill Katsuyuri, but Wolverine says, "Well, here's I, I'll make a creep the offer an offer he can't refuse. If he doesn't leave you alone, I'll kill him, and and that'll work." But Yukio says he doesn't scare easily. But Wolverine's like, "Well, we'll see about that." Right. Wolverine is not quite the killer he used to be, and he's trying to trying to turn new leaf, trying to be a little less beast-like. He only kills when he's gotta. Right. So they sneak in, and uh, they, they get the drop on a couple of guards, and Wolverine is kind of up in some, uh, I don't know, Japanese catwalks, sort of. And it's a... We, um, there's... Um... Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. She Wolverine says, bloodthirsty lady reminds me of me. That's why I like her. Um, and this is kind of a cool part of the, like, Wolverine in this series has, like, two lovers, Mariko and Yukio. And they both kind of represent the different aspects of Wolverine himself. Right. The, uh, you know, the, the part of him that is kind of uh, the bloodthirsty killer guy from his past. And then there's the guy who's trying to be honorable. Right. And so... That's another reason I like this story. It's just really well designed. So this meeting place is taking uh, place at a uh, kabuki theater. Yes. And remodeled castle on in the park on the outskirts of Tokyo. Wolverine notices that Mariko is there and he's like, what the what? Why is Mariko <laughs> here? That don't make sense. And uh, yeah, so the, the gang's all there. Uh, this dude comes out in full kabuki gear uh, Wolverine has seen this play before. It's the Krishnigura, the 47 Ronin. The 47 Ronin. Yes. Just, uh, didn't Keanu Reeves just make a movie about this? <laughs> I didn't see it. 
The story of the retainers of a lord who avenged his death by slaying the man responsible for it, knowing that such an act would mean their own certain execution by ritual suicide. It's a tale of honor, of loyalty, of the samurai determination to see a course through to its end regardless of the cost. It embodies all the qualities the Japanese revere most in the, their national character and heritage. The performance is superb. This is very important. Yeah, this is one of the finest kabuki troops he's ever seen. Then during the climactic lion dance, the high point of the show, the lead draws his katana, and the pieces suddenly fall into place. Katsuyuri is playing his ace against Mariko and her husband. So the kabuki player is lulling them into a false sense of security and is going to go for the kill. His cut draws blood, so does mine. Yep, there's a very cool jumping panel of Wolverine jumping towards the Kabuki actor uh, who is starting to go for uh, Mariko and Naburo, but in mid-jump changes his direction to go towards Wolverine, and then they cross paths in a very kind of classic, uh, I don't know. You see this, this is cliche, but it's not cliche here, but it becomes cliche. I believe... The the place that I remember it the best from is Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then one of them should fall, right? Which is essentially what happens here. Although one of them doesn't necessarily... Like in Ninja Gaiden, they both land and then one of them falls. Adam. You, you can't tell who died. But in this one, it's kind of awesome. You just see this guy like flailing away with blood coming out of his gut. It's a, it's cool. Ninja Gaiden. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> We don't call it Gaiden. Yes, we do. We're Americans. Adam. Hey, Jeremy, we're Merkins. Well, I learned one thing from Fred Savage's The Wizard, and that is it is Ninja Gaiden. Hi. (laughs) Anyhow, um, so the bunch of other dudes come out, and they're not too happy with what's happened, and they draw their swords. You know the woman in in that movie, the little girl, was Jenny Lewis? Who's Jenny Lewis? She's, uh, She's the singer. Like she's she's pretty famous nowadays. Really? Yeah. Uh, well. She was uh, she was in a band for a while. I can't remember what the name was, but they they were pretty popular. Um, but then she set out on a solo career, which she did really well. Adam, when's the last time you watched that movie? The Wizard. Yes. I need to watch that movie again. I was probably twenty years ago. <laughs> so The Wizard is an amazing movie on many levels, and and the one thing that I will will. Um, ask you to watch for when you watch the movie is try to draw a family tree. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because it's very complicated. They created a very complicated family structure for seemingly no reason whatsoever. <laughs> um, okay. There's like a dead mother and a remarried woman and a stepfather and a half son and some adoption. It's It's really weird. And then you got to also ask yourself, I mean, do you remember the end of the movie? Yes. Okay. So, I mean, spoilers if you haven't seen The Wizard from 1980 or whenever, 89. Um, they all, it's all happy. They win the competition and that Jenny girl, uh, I can't remember what her name is in the movie, gets in the truck with the family as they head back home. And you're kind of like, where, I mean, they are taking this strange girl that they just met across state lines. Like, where are they taking her? It's <laughs> 
It's really weird. It's a great movie to live, to live with Fred Savage. Right. So he can have his own live in girlfriend. Right. They're, they're, they're married now. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, uh, I'm, I'm being dead serious. Like I've seen that movie probably two or three times in the last seven years. And every time I watch it, I'm like, God, this movie's just fantastic. <laughs> like it just has shades of genius that I don't think the original creators ever intended. Except for the, the one part that always bothers me is, how does that kid figure out the little Mario 3 secret? That's imp- that's not possible. Well, because the girl, she's like, use the warp. <laughs> yeah, but how does he figure, like, I would, like, no human being could figure out, oh, if I just squat on this uh, particular hill for three seconds, oh, and oh, fall I'll through. pass through it and go through the, be- like, how do you figure that out? And, you know, it's possible that somebody could figure that out, yes, but for the first time they're playing it, it, at a national competition, what do you this, no? So Adam, I, I don't mean to to correct you, but I'm going to correct you. So I know what warp point you're talking about, but the warp point that's featured in the movie is when they're in the castle and you have to have the wing and you're running away from the door towards the lava and just at the end your P wing goes off and then you can fly up and over the castle and then you go into that uh, area where you get the warp whistle okay you know what that's the one that's featured in the movie and you're right how would you're right but my point is valid (laughs) your point is still valid but adam he was the wizard he he just (laughs) he just knew these things um my my guess is that he just happened to have a subscription to nintendo power of jap japan and since he must have (laughs) the game had come out two years earlier in japan he's like i know this game yeah Uh, anyways Go see the wizard. And, and how does his score go so much higher than everybody else's just by warping forward? Well, because it was based on distance. It wasn't actually based on points. Yeah. I think it's actually laid out. Maybe it's like a combination of points and distance. But, yeah, as soon as he warps to World 4, boom, it's over. Yeah, that's <laughs> lame. It's lame. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways. I loved everything else about that movie, the, of the video games in that movie. Oh, Educating, we know this! <laughs> And the opening sequence is just epic, man. There's like the cameras just panned in on this very hot street. It's all kind of wavy and sun-baked. And this kid's walking over the hill and the credits roll and the music's playing. It's it's awesome. Such a great movie. (laughs) Wow, you should write like an essay. (laughs) I'm sure many, many internet people have already written plenty of essays on it. Anyways, uh... Wolverine still fighting ninjas. So we get a shocked face of Mariko. Uh, she she is in absolute horror. Uh, I guess she's never seen uh, this side of Wolverine. Right. So a bunch of ninjas come out, and he fights them, and I think he cuts them all. He kills them. Uh, Naburo, he's... Or no, he gets slapped, I think, by Katsuyuri. Yeah, uh, Naburo gets slapped, and Katsuyuri makes her a run for it with her... Uh, with his his wife. Their bodyguards are dead, and in the worst panel in this issue, he sneaks into a car where the perspective is just horrible. The car is gigantic, the door is tiny, they're tiny, it's weird. It's, I, I so something is wrong. It's not a great panel. The automobile, the car is too small, they're too big, I don't know what it is, but it, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, and then it doesn't matter, because it blows up. And we see uh, we see somebody pushing the button that blows it up around the corner, and we get a close up of Yukio, and she's saying "Gotcha!" And look at how her uh, her face is mirrored with Mariko's face in the upper right hand uh, left hand corner. 
yeah. She's so smart. Yeah. Her eyes are kind of down. Her mouth is in kind of a shocked expression, and her eyebrows are up in an opposite expression. She's smiling. I didn't even catch that. I don't know. That's, that's very clever. And then, of course, the panel layouts. There's four widescreen panels that are below Mariko and four that are right above Yukio. Exactly. Very. So it's, all, it's all parallel and very smart. Symmetry. We get some more of our long action panels uh, with Wolverine just fighting some ninjas. Um, I kind of skim, skim over this stuff. I don't know why, but I've never really been into action scenes in comic books. I guess I'm not really into action scenes in movies either. You know what's a oh you know what's a really good action sequence, Adam. One of one of my favorite action sequences, as a matter of fact, is uh, that opening action sequence in front of X Men Days of Future Past. Really, I really like that, especially with Blink doing all of her teleporting portal stuff, and like people jumping through there and coming out at different trajectories. Did you watch the Rogue cut yet? I was just going to ask you if you watched the Rogue cut, and <laughs> yes, I did watch the Rogue cut. Did you? No, I haven't. I have not watched the Rogue Cut. Tell me about the Rogue Cut. I'm not going to, Adam. I would like you to watch the Rogue Cut, and then I think we should have a, a you know, a little, little conversation at the tail end of one okay. of our episodes about it, because they add like 13 or so minutes uh, into it, and after I got done watching the Rogue Cut, I was like, huh, I kind of want to watch the theatrical cut again to see how it how it all works. Because I got to be honest, like I don't know how our review of Daisy of future past uh, was received or how we presented it. But overall, I mean, I, I liked that movie based solely on the theatrical cut. Uh, and then this rogue cut comes out and gotta be honest, I, I liked it a lot. So well, I look forward to seeing it, but I'm, I'm kind of like, you can kind of see where the edit point, not the, and I mean, it's not like poorly edited. It's very well done, but you can kind of see like, Oh, this is, this is the scene that they didn't have. Uh, but that's like a like a pickup shot that they had, and then you're kind of like, well, I wonder how you know. I don't know. It's very difficult to kind of place like what was actually happening during these removed scenes. Well, to take the opposite extreme, you have a movie like Transformers where you can't tell what's going on, and for me, that is most common in action films. Most of the time, an action scene is you figure out who's going into it, you figure out who's coming out of it, but you honestly don't know what's going on. For most of it. And, and so I, as, as I think Days of Future Past, you do. And, and yes. so, yeah, I, I would agree with you that that is a good action scene. It was well, a well executed, well uh, synchronized or, or, or whatever you would call that. Uh, uh, yeah, well, well filmed, well tracked. I mean, you know, keeping the camera on maybe a couple of people rather than just you know, Transformers is a great example because first of all, you really don't even know who's good and bad. They all kind of look the same, right? You only know if one of them's good or bad, if you see them by themselves and if they're either saying good things or bad things. But when they start fighting, you're like, I don't, I don't know who's who. I think that's Optimus, but I can't tell. Even like Avengers two, I recently rewatched that on a plane and, uh, the action scenes are, are great, especially the Iron Man versus Hulk one. Yeah. Actually that's, that's the only one that is really good. The rest of them, it's just kind of like action, and you don't you kind of know who the characters are because they've got pretty bright costumes that make it easy to identify. But they're just action scenes, and they don't you don't you you kind of you don't really know what's going on. You just get the gist of what happens. I I gotta rewatch it, but I do recall the opening fight sequence being um, immemorable, <laughs> um, except or, for that one shot. 
Which one shot? The shot where they all freeze frame. Oh, of course. Into I mean, their action poses. Yeah, that was that was. And you're like, it's a comic book. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. That was that was classic and everything like. But but I just remember as as I watched the opening sequence of that movie, being like, eh. I would take the first Avengers over this, but that was just the, I mean, overall the movie was fine. The movie was, was great, but I, I get what you're saying. Um, and, but I mean, this, this action sequence here, uh, there's a better one, I think either in issue three or four of Wolverine where there's no dialogue and a lot of panels of action, but you're right. It's just random fighting. And well, maybe the, best, the, the, the most, there is an important part of this fight. And that's that one of the ninjas slices, Wolverine would be would have sliced Wolverine in half if not for his adamantium bones and Wolverine goes into a berserker rage. Right. And I think this is like the first official berserker rage. You could very well be right. Well, unless you count the one in the last issue which wasn't really defined as a berserker rage but it's probably the same thing. Yep. And so he does and the fight doesn't last very long. Uh, maybe the other thing that makes this action scene uninteresting is because it's just a bunch of faceless green ninjas. It's true. They don't even have faces. They have hats. <laughs> and he gets done. He's killed them all. Um, oh, actually, he didn't kill them all. He says, they're lucky. They're still breathing. I lost control. I feel sick. I feel great. I see Mariko. She's never seen me as a berserker. It's a side of myself I never wanted her to see. She doesn't bother to hide her reaction. And she has got her hands up against her mouth. Her eyes are wide open. Tears streaming out of it. She turns and leaves without a word, without a big glance backwards. I let her go. Whatever we might have had. Whatever we want. Uh, whatever we might have had. Whatever we had. It's finished. Logan-san, my beloved Wolverine, Yukio says. Gotcha. Next Dang. Issue. Next issue, <laughs> loss. But we... Dear listener. We'll continue that next time. On the one, the only, Danger Room. Yeah, that's like our first cliffhanger. I don't think we've ever done a cliffhanger episode before, Adam. What will happen? <laughs> will, will Wolverine die? <laughs> will Wolverine and Yukio ever or will wolverine and mariko ever get back together do yukio and wolverine have baby wolverines actually i think maybe they do oh <laughs> really I, I can't i can't remember no i think yukio well spoilers i believe yukio has a daughter i don't think it's wolverine's daughter though but wolverine ends up taking care of it all right this is like a major spoiler <laughs> is that like is that x23 no 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 that's oh, that's okay. that's x23 i think is a clone Oh, yeah. yeah. Huh. Word on the street is that the new Wolverine is going to be X-23. Oh, is is that like a Battle Planet Wolverine? Well, because Wolverine, after Secret Wars is done, is only going to be Old Man Logan. So the new Wolverine will be X-23. Secret Wars is almost over. Oh, really? I have, well, I, it's like halfway through I have, right? um, as, as we're recording this. I have not, uh, I've not kept up. I have not either. I have, uh, though, been reading uh, X-Men 92. Oh, yeah? The second issue of that dropped a couple of days ago. Lots of, if you're a Wolverine fan and you're a fan of Wolverine through the ages, that's uh, that's the episode, or that's the issue to read, man. Really? Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a sequence where you kind of see all. And when I say all... Like, I mean all of Wolverine's iterations throughout the years. And it's it's kind of cool. Oh, I'm going to have to pick up a copy. There's even a reference, uh, spoilers, to uh, a um, 
trade. No, I don't know how to call it a trade. What do you call the um, kind of like the prestige format, the bookshelf format? Back before we did hardcovers, like Excalibur came out in like a 64-page nice paper and like a thicker cover. Was there a specific name for that? Do you, uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Not as, not as far as I know. I thought it was just a, like a graphic novel or something. Okay. Smaller format than the Marvel graphic novels. But anyways, uh, there was a Wolverine and Havoc uh, one shot, like 48. Yeah, yeah. I've never read that. And I do. We will have to read that for this. And it was painted. It was uh, it was by Bill Simkevich, I believe. That Wolverine is referenced in there. Cool. <laughs> it, was, it was. Yeah. So anyways, there you go. So I'm, I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say, and, and it's not because we even had the guys on the show, but I, I am kind of enjoying uh, the X-Men 92 stuff so far cool um i picked up the first issue i haven't read it but i i will do that soon and i guess i'll pick up the second issue since it's got that cool stuff heck yeah just dropped a few days ago i went to one comic book shop here in town and it was sold out what what i said the same thing like everything else was there but x-men 92 is sold out i went to my other comic book shop and they had like 100 copies so i'm wondering if that guy <laughs> bought out the other guy i have no idea but yeah. Anyways, uh, so there's there's uh, all sorts of good stuff there. Um, yeah. So um, we uh, we got a voicemail. Let's hear it. All right. Hey guys, this is Gabe. I wanted to let you know that I listen to you guys all the time, and because of that, my brain is about to explode. <laughs> just kidding. Um, I just wanted to tell you a little bit about me. I work third shift here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and so when I do go to work, I put on my headphones, hit play, and it's on my iTunes, and then I go about my day. Um, I just want to mention that it was freaking awesome to be at work listening to you respond to my comments the other day. I believe it was Danger Room episode 160, titled Professor Xavier is a Jerk. So you guys were freaking hilarious. Um, just last night, I heard your most recent episode, and yet again, I was giggling like a little schoolgirl at work pretty embarrassing. So um, the reason why is uh, I am Doombot Tater Tot. Uh, at least that's what I put on my iTunes name. Uh, so if you say my name in the mirror three times, I'll come by and read all your comics while you're sleeping and leave a huge mess for when you wake up, kind of like Santa Claus minus the beard. But uh, if you leave out some booze, uh, I promise I won't take all your comics and I'll probably add some to your collection. Sorry, I just had a moment. But um Anyways, with that being said, I just wanted to say that I love you guys and what you guys are doing. Uh, you guys do good work, and it is important that you guys have this podcast because um, every day when I go to work, it allows me to escape the mundane things uh, going on in my life, and you guys get to amp me back to my youth for when I'm sitting in front of the TV Saturday morning, gnawing at my nails, waiting for the next X-Men uh, cartoon to come on, and, you know, my mom's probably screaming behind me, telling me to move away from the TV. So, uh, Adam, Jeremy, you guys rock. Yours truly, Zoombot Tater Tot. So there you go. It's, it's as easy as that. Uh, oh, that, that, that was so sweet. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, i got to be honest. Uh, that I really think that that's the... the um, Sole purpose, maybe not the sole purpose, but one of the main purposes uh, of any podcast is to go in your ears and make your work day less mundane. At least that's what I do when I'm at work and I'm like, God, is this day ever going to end? I throw in somebody <laughs> else's podcast and I'm like, all right. Yeah. Not ours, though. I can't stand this show. 
Oh, yeah, it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you for that. Uh, that was that was an amazing uh, voicemail. And again, you know, folks, if you want to hear yourself on the podcast, it's not that difficult. All you got to do is dial our number, uh, which is uh, what, Adam? 501-GET-X-MEN? Yeah. That's right. Just dial up them digits. Uh, you know, you can be as short or as long as you want. So Doobot Tater Tot is also Gabe, and I'm assuming that's Gabe Ochoa. If it's not, I apologize. But uh, he recently did a uh, – he he drew our uh, – a logo, I suppose, and I, and I crafted it into the Facebook logo now. I hope that's okay. But we thought it was awesome, so check it out. Yeah, you're uh, darn right. Um, first of all, there's there's characters of Adam and I. And Which is awesome, and we're we're way more handsome in those caricatures than in real life. I'll say. Um, but the other thing is uh, I have always wanted a character of myself done. And now, I know you can go to, like, the county fair, and you can pay some guy to do a character of yourself, but, but it's not the same. So this is actually – this is like a, a, a tick off of my bucket list that I, I now <laughs> – seriously, I, I have a – I'm like – I, you know, is it tacky for me to use this as my Facebook profile? Because, you know. I, no, I absolutely that. not. I think it is that cool. So thank you uh, again for all of that. And, of course, if, if you're not the guy that did the character, then thank that guy and not you. But thank you for the voicemail. <laughs> but if you are the same, then you get three thank yous. There you go. How's that? <laughs> I'll throw in a fourth thank you. Thank you. <laughs> ah, hooray. Uh Let's see. What else did we have, Adam? We got a response on the uh, f- on the on the web page from Quinton Quire, who uh, has written us before. He is saying, "Loving the podcast. Wanted to drop you a drink recipe in light of what's going to be happening in the next issue uh, or the last episode." And this is called the Rogue. Start with a rocks glass half full with ice. Add uh, one ounce of Southern Comfort for Rogue Southern Charm. One ounce of Midori, or melon liqueur if you're on a budget, for Rogue's green costume. Uh, three ounces of Red Bull. I know you guys do diet sodas sometimes. Diet Red Bull is cool to fill you with drained energy. Give it a quick shake or stir. Place a sugar cube on top of the ice towards the center of the drink. It should slowly break into the drink, causing it to effervesce. Enjoy. that. Now, see, that's a drink that I could get behind. Um, yes, we should definitely do that for the next episode. Because, you know, not to criticize some of the other drinks, but this has got three, four ingredients if you include the sugar cube. Uh, and I could see stocking Southern Comfort and Midori in my liquor cabinet for other drinks. Or uh, I've already got SoCo. Yeah. I think I might have like a touch, but it's probably like 10 or 15 years old. I don't think it goes bad, though. I don't know. <laughs> but anyways. I don't think it goes bad either. Drink it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I think uh, somebody uh, has to remind me, Adam. And next week, maybe we'll mix up some roles. Well, seeing as like, there's the two of us, I guess it's got to be me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Somebody could tweet me or something. Interestingly enough, when I was on a plane watching aforementioned Avengers 2, um, I uh, I met a fellow passenger whose name was Dusty Lee, and she was a professional mixologist. She was actually traveling. I think cognac was flying her around to teach her to make uh, drinks with cognac. Okay. And she, uh, out of the goodness of her heart, created a rogue uh, right there on the fly. Um, 
literally. <laughs> and uh, she uh, she has, she said it was one part Southern Comfort, so Soko as well, uh, with a, a half part of Frangelico, which I don't know what that is, but apparently it's sweet. Uh, top it with soda water, and then add a line of Bailey's. Uh, kind of down the back of the glass, and that'll create like a white stripish sort of uh, thing. She said that it was—it's uh, very similar to a mind eraser. Okay, which I don't know what that is either. Nor- but uh, hey, that was cool. Thank you, Dusty Lee. Yeah, we. Uh, I th- yeah, we'll have to try that. I don't know about the whole stripe thing. That seems way beyond my ability. She said it would be something easy to do in a bar, but I yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, Adam, did you check out the Deadpool teaser for the teaser? I did. I, I did see the teaser for the for the trailer. I have not watched the trailer yet. Is it has it been released? Uh, it's supposedly based on the teaser for the trailer. It was supposed to be released today, I think. Oh, there, but, there was a te- uh, there, wait. There was a teaser for the teaser for the trailer. Watch. Well, there was Deadpool's teaser for tomorrow's trailer. Right, I saw that. Okay, so I think the trailer today is tomorrow. Okay, so was there a teaser for that teaser? Uh, no. Oh, okay. We're talking about the same thing, but so, yeah. Well, are you pretty excited about Deadpool? No. No. <laughs> I mean, I'll go see it. Like, I, I, I think we've talked about this before in this podcast, but I never, uh, I don't anything about Deadpool. I mean, he, I guess, showed up in X Force, but not as the Deadpool that we know today. I think his first appearance was in New Mutants, like one of the last ones. Yeah, and then I think he became uh, an X Force with cable and them and well, then yeah he was the bad guy oh he was yeah i think so see yeah i mean that's the problem is like a lot of i bought all of those rob liefeld uh new new mutants well just new mutants 100 but also the uh rob liefeld x-forces i don't remember anything about them but i think he's still sort of a bad guy i mean he's like he's a mercenary he was on uncanny x-force which i read four pages of you should read that. I'm telling you that that is a good one. That's what I'm told. Uh, so I, I don't know anything about him uh, based on his uh, whatever you would call it in the Wolverine movie, um, which I know that they're, I think, kind of distancing themselves from for this movie. Um, there's nothing out there that is like wet my appetite for this yet. Almost everybody I know is like um, Deadpool, Deadpool, Deadpool. I'm like, I, I don't get it. So maybe when I watch the movie, it'll open my eyes and I'll be like, I got to read all the Deadpool that's out there. Actually, uh, somebody at work uh, gave me um, his uh, digitally acquired 1997 run of Deadpool. Oh. So now I can read them all. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. I, I know I know squat about Deadpool, um, except from that, that run on Uncanny X-Force, which... You really need to read. <laughs> All right. Do, do yourself a favor, Jeremy. Okay. Pick it up at the library. I do something. All right. You you will love it. Okay. I'm telling you, as 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 somebody who knows you and knows which uh, stuff you like in the X X Men, this this will float your boat. Okay. I'll have to check it out because uh, I would really like to have my boat floated. You should have your boat floated. Why wouldn't you want that? I, everybody should have their boat floated at least once. <laughs> okay, well, uh, anything else we got, Adam? No, 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 no. Well, then, uh, I'll just drop the info because it's been a little bit. Uh, you can visit us at www.xmenpodcast.com. You can email us at xmen, no, dot com. 
Follow us, follow us at Danger Room Go. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Danger Room Podcast. You can also call and leave a voicemail at 501-GET-X-MEN. You can pick us up on Stitcher. You can go to iTunes and you type in Danger Room or the first podcast with the name Danger Room that shows up. You can subscribe there. Leave a leave a review or five stars or something just as awesome. That's that's happened before. Uh, yeah, a lot a lot of different ways to 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 have your your voices heard, uh, or or at least let us know what you think about what it is we're doing and stuff. So, yes, and stuff. Uh, with that out of the way, uh, well, and and this episode I guess coming to a close. Uh, yeah, well, let's just shut it down, right, Adam? That that sounds appropriate. <laughs> All right then. Well, until next time. The danger room is closed.